Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and to finish the week, myself, Alex Crook, and Peterborough chairman, Dara McAntony, spoke about Brighton rejecting Chelsea's latest bid for Moises Casado. At what point did Chelsea walk away? Jordan Henderson's move to Saudi Arabia continues to divide opinion. The backlash goes on. And after the UN General Secretary says the era of global warming is over and global boiling has begun, is football doing its bit? Forest Green Rovers chairman Dale Vince joined us and you don't want to miss that, believe me. Brighton, people are asking already, are Brighton going to shift their uh, stance on Moises Casado and Celtic Chelsea? Well, they're not going to shift their asking price. We know that. They uh, they didn't want to sell him in, in January for any price and uh, Arsenal tried and tried and Caicedo's advisors tried to force him out of the club. That didn't work. We know that Chelsea overnight or yesterday had an eighty million pound bid rejected immediately. Eighty until million, Dara. As soon yeah. as it landed yeah. in Tony Bloom's inbox, so he will stick to his price. And actually, the the sense I'm getting from speaking to people close to Brighton, the more that Chelsea try and buy Caicedo for what they perceive to be under his market value the more I think Tony Bloom will dig his heels in, not just in terms of the asking price, but he might just in the end say, do you know what? We're not selling him. Love the Bloom brothers. Love what they've done with that club. Yeah. Um, very yeah. shrewd operators. Paul Barber, one of the good CEOs. You know, they've had some great people there. Your only concern would be, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, they had this last season, you know, obviously a lot of clubs room for their players. They're now getting it again this summer and they always get top dollar. That's what you love about Brighton because Bloom's got big pockets and he's got big minerals. So you can just go, nah. Give me a hundred or he ain't going. The only issue is the recruitment is phenomenal. As they go on the next wave of recruitment this summer and next year, will the agents of some of those players see these events the last couple of windows and go, do you know what? We might need to get a release clause put in some of the contracts here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because to every, get my man out. Correct. Because, yeah. you know, because you also get that sometimes. We, we've had that over the years where I hold firm on prices and we've gone after some young players and the agents have gone, you always drive a hard bargain. You always try and get top dollar. Well, we want a release clause and we want a percentage of any future transfer fee. So your success sometimes could end up punishing you. But I've got no doubt Bloom and Co at Brighton, that wouldn't bother them. Because everything they seem to do is sprinkled with gold dust. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking there. There's one message. If if Chelsea are willing to pay 80, why don't they just go to 100? At what point <laughs> did Chelsea walk away, do you think, Dar? At, at some stage, the owners of Chelsea have to learn from last season. And I think they are slowly but surely learning. Where they would say to the new manager, look, we were rinsed and had our jocks pulled down last season. <laughs> and, you know, it was hardcore. 
and we end up overpaying a lot of the time. The Argentinian boy, you, you know, some of the players they paid Cucurea. Yeah, Cucureas was a 60 million, whatever. So I would imagine at a principle to send, send a message out there, a bit like what United are trying to give the illusion they're doing this summer, Alex, that, you know, they're not going to get hauled over the coals. Chelsea have probably said, no, we're not going to 100 in this one. It's 80 or we move on. It is, so that's the takeaway time. It's yeah. part of the issue here with Chelsea, and you've alluded to it already, that they've proved themselves since Todd Bowley came in to be utterly hopeless negotiators. They have paid over the odds for players. They have yeah. had their pants pulled down. And Brighton thinking, do you know what? You paid over 100 million quid for Enzo Fernandez. Caicedo is, is worth just as much. There's, there's that. And there's obviously the Declan Rice transfer. And there'd be Brighton thinking, well, OK, let's look at Caicedo. And let's look at the transfers you've just said there that Chelsea bought before. Throw Declan Rice in the batch and go, what is he worth? You know, this guy's in the prime of his career. Was he 23? And, yeah, and I apologise yeah. if I've got his age wrong. But, yeah. you know, he's young, so you're going to have seven, eight years of upside, the best years of his career. So Chelsea have to make a decision. Don't let it drag on. The thing I hate is the drag on. This has gone on for like now already through the window. They've, so wanted, just, they've wanted him since the window they, opened. They have. So just go back and say, look, line in the sand, 80 plus 20 in add-ons based on us winning the league, blah, 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 or tomorrow we move on. And they just move on. Yes. And that's the best way. Yes. That's the only way. Now, Brighton, on the other hand, will probably say, well, that's fine. We don't need the money. We've taken over 200 million the last few seasons. We're not in any financial fair play issues. We'll keep them for another year or six months. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Chelsea fans, uh, do you want uh, Bully and the rest to keep pushing for Caicedo, even over the 100 million mark? Uh, Brighton fans, are you confident that your people will stand, st uh, stand firm uh, and keep blunting? The approach of Chelsea. Oh three seven one seven double two double three double four eight ten eighty nine. Dara, is there a fine balance here? Do you think about a club like Brighton being defiant with your own player? Now he's staying. You know, we saw off Arsenal. Mm. We can see off Chelsea. But you know, Champions League football, Champions League teams waiting in the wings. I mean, mm. he knows there is a bigger stage probably awaiting him. At Chelsea, maybe a bigger opportunity. He knows that guy, Sado. Is, is it hard? It, it, it's very difficult because, on the one hand, you're running a, a business. You know, it's a football club, but it's a business. The other hand, you're a human being. You're a father. Um, so you put yourself in the shoes of your son, and he was in a scenario. It's a dream move. It's this, and, and Brighton have done phenomenal, and they're now a top six Premier League club, and will continue to evolve and, and become more successful. But it is Chelsea. It's the money. It's I'm not sure. We spoke before Alex about wages, because Alex says, "Why wouldn't he wait a year?" And I said, "Well, say he's on fifty grand a week, and say Chelsea are going to pay him two hundred grand a week. What if he had an ACL injury? What if he got a bad injury? What if he hurt himself?" That's the end of him. I've seen players before get two of them and their career is over. So sometimes you have to look from that point of view. If I know my player wants to go, I'm going to try and engage with the other club. If my manager says, and this is sometimes where it can change, please don't sell that player till the summer, I have been known to step off that perch and go to the player, sorry, not till the summer. Is there not a right, sporting right. argument, though, when it comes to Kai Sale? I take the money out of the equation. Mm -hmm. We don't know what Chelsea are going to be this season. You're mm -hmm. more confident than a lot of people. Yep. And, and Listen, I love Pochettino. I think yep. he's a terrific manager. But they can't offer Champions League football. Sure. They can't offer any kind of European football in the short term. Mm -hmm. Brighton are in Europe for the first time. I think sure. they're going to have a really good go in that competition. He knows Roberto deserves Alex is he, Chelsea. He knows how demanding he is. Alex is Chelsea. But Chelsea will still be on the table next year. No, and other big clubs might well, be on well, the table next year. First of all, they won't be on the table next year because things move on and, and things in football happen very quickly. A year in football is like 10 years in any other industry. So in a year's time, 
Um, Brighton. Declan Rice fit. gave West Ham another year and he's still got his big money no, move no, to I, Arsenal. I, I totally understand that and Arteta wanted him from day one and stayed the course. But we don't know if Pochettino will be in Chelsea in 12 months. You don't know if he's going to be there in six months. History tells he probably won't. Well, well, Arteta, we knew, would be there and he would want Rice. We don't know. If Chelsea do really well, you know Poch would be there for a while. If Chelsea have a disaster, pressure starts, he's gone by Christmas. A new manager comes in, he might not fancy Caseda. So there's different variables involved. The player could get hurt. You know, at the end of the day, with all due respect, it's Chelsea. Do you know what I think we are seeing though, Jim? And Declan Rice is a prime example. I think what we're seeing now is the so-called minnows Mm. in the Premier League. They are in Fighting a back. better position to stand firm when it comes to their yeah. financial demands. I They're in it. a better position to keep hold of their players. They don't just let the big boys come yeah. in and railroad them. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Yesterday, all sorts of fallout uh, to the news when it came through, Alex, that Jordan Henderson had indeed put pen to paper and had joined up with Stephen Gerrard out in Saudi Arabia and has left Liverpool, has gone after everything he's achieved in the 12 years there, and he's moved to al Etifak. Now, Henderson said a few things himself about his departure, mostly about thanking the Liverpool fans for the time he had there. And then Jurgen Klopp moved in and laid out his own tribute to Henderson. If nobody told you yet, I will tell you now, you are a legend. I know people say recently we go with you said words slightly too often. I can tell you that's not in your case. Yeah. All the best, Skip, and um, yeah, speak soon, see you soon, and I hope you find time to come back and we can say goodbye as a club properly, because that's what you deserve. Thank you for everything, see you soon, and don't forget, you'll never walk alone. Okay, well not everybody has been applauding Jordan as he boarded the flight to Saudi Arabia. Um, Alex, remind us of what Henderson said in the past uh, in his support as an ally of the Liverpool and in the wider field, the LGBTQ plus community. Well, this was Jordan Henderson speaking back in 2019 when he was asked about playing for England at the Qatar World Cup. He said the idea that anyone I love or care about wouldn't feel safe or comfortable coming to watch me play if they were part of the LGBT community makes me wonder what world we live in. Now, obviously, a lot of those comments, and there are many other examples writing in the Liverpool programme of where Henderson has pledged himself to that particular community, will come back to haunt him. And I think if you look at the video that El Etifak released, it's pretty clear and obvious that they've greyed out the rainbow armband that Henderson has worn as Liverpool captain. Now, I'm not sure that Henderson's PR advisors have necessarily done their job on that one. I mean, the fact they've made numerous spelling mistakes as well, in fact, in the <laughs> unveiling video. Yeah. You lot yeah. in the media. Ma- ma- makes you you're wonder you're who's, who's responsible no, for that. You're insufferable. No, but if you're, if you're deliberately greying the out the armband... No, what about the greying out yeah. of the armband? It was the spelling mistakes I was having to go that just that, that just amused me. I, I know you nearly had a brain aneurysm yesterday over this, because I heard, I got told by fans and everything else. And but now why would they grey out today, the armband? What's well, the motivation for that? Well, you, you know exactly what the motivation is. You know why it's been You tell us. Well, because obviously homosexuality is illegal in Saudi Arabia, correct? So Henderson so, should, should be okay with that? No, no, no. I didn't... Again, you're putting words in my mouth. So, of course, he shouldn't be okay with it. But there are countries you're going to visit, including you two boys who love going out there, that are going to have laws that you don't agree with. But you're still going to go there. Jim came, before we came on air, said to me, we should do a show on Saudi, on Saudi football out there. And I said, me, you and Jordan will go out there. 
Now, if you're so principled about it, Jim wouldn't have had that idea. You'd have never gotten on a flight to Qatar. That's the bottom line. No, so you either, have to go so with the story Let me is. finish. It's either one or the other. You're either totally against everything Saudi stands for and their laws, you're disgusted by it, you don't want anything to do with it financially, and you don't want anything to do with it from a sports point of view. I'll give you a quick one before you go to break again. I know for a fact, very kind the PIF fund, all right, who basically have invested billions and have like a trillion under management, own 10% of a massive newspaper in New York. That same massive newspaper in New York owns a massive online sports publication full of journalists, yeah? They own basically and put a lot of money into Blackstone, which is a fund that owns 10% of a newspaper in New York that owns a newspaper in the UK. Lots of those journalists wrote loads of articles about this. Their wages and money, when you think about it, where it all comes from, yeah. it's all part of a pot. So what I'm saying to you guys is, in Sky Sports, who spent all day in this and whatever else, I don't agree with the laws in Saudi. Don't agree with them in Dubai or anywhere else in the UAE. But I have a choice. Do I go there on holiday or do I not go there? Do I take money from there? Do I not go there? I don't agree Jordan Henderson left it long to make that statement. He could have come out and been clearer and earlier. There I don't agree go. with them greying out the armband or whatever else. And do you think if he'd asked them not to grey out the armband, and presumably he was asked about it, I think do you he think that would have scuppered his move? Uh, no. Exactly. No. I think he could have turned around and made a point, don't do anything to, again, put me in that position. And he could have done it quicker and come out and had a statement. I'm, My I'm, point I'm, I'm trying to make to you, Jim, go is, on. yeah, the world, we most of the time don't know where money comes from. Whoever we work with, whoever we work for, whatever else, no doubt there's some nefarious forces that does go to yeah. in places we don't agree with the but laws. this is pretty obvious. Yes, I understand, Alex. But here's the other thing. Those campaigns he went on a few years ago and he helped, and it was the, the laces and whatever else. The other argument you make there is they need as much help from the sports industry as they can get to amplify these issues, to basically stand up and speak for them. And I guess what's going to happen now is some sports stars out there are going to look at it and go, you know, we're going to come out and say something, and yeah. then in four years' time, we might make a bad decision, take the money and go I, somewhere. I, I want to say two things. You're right. I, I was saying to Dara this morning, Alex. And oh, backtracking, Jim. And it's a journalist in me. No, absolutely. I'm I not backtracking, backtracking at all. I'm all for it. Yeah. We should do a show from Saudi. Yeah. Absolutely. Why? Because like in Qatar, we talk about Issues like this. Yeah. But the show we, we would do in Saudi on, would be based on, on the football, radio, right? Of course. We'd be talking about the Saudi Pro League, but in Qatar, I can assure you with Jordan on my right shoulder, we get right into the human rights issues out there. Yeah. We challenged them on everything. Yeah. And they came back as strongly as we came at them. Sure. You asked the And questions. we would do exactly the same with the people at the top of the Saudi Pro League on their well, soil. And I think that's healthy, but by literally airbrushing out the rainbow armband... That isn't a healthy situation. I, I, don't, to be I don't disagree in. with that you, That isn't Alex, confronting the issue I, head I'm on. not going to vilify that man for the rest of his life based on a, a bad decision that you all feel is a bad decision. I'm not going to say all the good he did is now forgotten. I think that's unfair. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Yesterday, the UN Secretary General, Antonio Gutierrez, warned of unbreathable air and unbearable temperatures to come, claiming the era of global warming has ended. The era of global boiling has arrived. So, I mean, does this affect sport? Co-protesters, eco-protesters target sport. Of course, that's why we've got to look at this. So what more could or should the game of football, for example, be doing to tackle the climate crisis? If you remember three years ago, Tottenham hosted the first net zero emissions game. Five years ago, Forest Green Rovers became the first carbon-neutral football club. And the man in charge then is the man in charge now. Forest Green Rovers chairman Dale Vince joins us live. Dale, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jim. I'm disappointed Simon's not here. He's not ducking me, is he? He's not ducking you, but uh, let me tell you, I think I can safely predict... The minerals on him! We have, a, we have a more than able substitute in terms of Mr. Darren McAntony. Uh, Dale, Gutierrez, when Gutierrez spoke yesterday, I take it you listened and you listened very closely. Yeah, just one clarification first, Jim. The, uh, the Tottenham game was the first net zero game in the Premier League, not the first one ever, because we've been doing that for 10 years or something like that. Just there you to clarify go. that. Quite right, quite, but, quite but right. Look, Thank you, Jim. Um, you know, I mean, what he said was was scary, right? But, you know, last week, Jim, the, a NASA scientist said something in the middle of all of the uh, the wildfires and stuff like that around the world, the crazy record temperatures. He said, if you're alive today, this is the coldest summer you'll ever experience for the rest of your life. And that was really quite scary, I thought. But yeah, global boiling, that's quite a scary term as well. But I don't think either of them are wide of the mark when you look at what's happening around the world. So should football be doing more? You see, as you might imagine, Dale, I'm seeing messages coming in. Alex has probably seen them alongside me. What's this got to do with football? What, what, What can football do? Well, Dale, you would suggest that football can do plenty. Yeah, absolutely. Look, first, I think it's not just football. Uh, I think we all need to do everything that we possibly can because this is uh, this is a, a threat, not just to ourselves and our children and our grandchildren, but so many generations to come. If we get this wrong, if the climate crisis takes a proper hold, then we won't be able to turn it back and the planet will become un- unlivable in, in great chunks of, uh, you know, of the planet. There'll be uh, very few places where we can survive as a species and that's going to cause untold problems. Um, we, we should all do what we can. Football, what can football do? It has a unique opportunity because football is a, is a platform. Uh, billions of people around the world follow football clubs. They follow football stars and they take their cues, their cues in life from them. We've seen at Forest Green, the work we've done on the environment, on, on net zero and that kind of stuff has reached a global audience. And we've teamed up with the UN uh, to roll out a program for that sport for climate action, which is engaged now every major body of every sport in in the world uh, in the same program. Together, we can reach billions of people. We've seen the effect on our fans. We've seen them buying electric cars, 
going veggie, vegan, solar panels, that kind of stuff. Football fans embrace this stuff when you put it to them in the right way. Okay, so in no small measure, Dale is addressing the problem at his football club. Darren McAntony, are you doing the same at Peterborough? No, don't think so. Um, look, I'm all for doing my bit to help or whatever else. Um, it's probably something I would never agree with Dale on. Um, I don't think this is the place for that debate. There'd be lots of things I'd want to say and lots of things he'd want to say and you'll cut the break in like three or four minutes' time. But I would <laughs> I would say this. Um, you know, what COVID has taught me is that those in charge, those who are in the media, are not always to be trusted. And you see some of the hysteria sometimes and what was a different colour screen and the weather report 10 years ago to what it is today. I don't know. You know, Dale, you've done all right for yourself through your life. You've made quite a few quid out of this whole climate thing. Uh, who am I to criticise you? And uh, you've obviously done your, done your own work, your own research, so you're well-versed in it all. It's not an argument I need to have. I have my opinion on it. That's where I am with it. <laughs> you sound like Simon Jordan now. You don't want to debate it with me. Well, Dale, at the end of the day, TalkSport will give me three or four minutes. I'm happy to sit there where you eat your veggie burger and we can have a proper debate. But like I said, you've made plenty of dough out of it. You're getting plenty of attention out of it. That's what you want yeah. to do. That's for you. You're donating to a load of idiots who run onto the streets or stop in traffic. There was a woman last week whose kid was ill and all these people you'd given money to do that to were a cause of that. If a child died or someone had a heart attack in an ambulance because you'd put 500 grand into a cause where you have all of these morons who are stood in the street basically stopping traffic, you lose people's support for the cause. And eventually something's going to happen. Someone's going to die in a car in an ambulance or one of your idiots is going to get run over and killed. And that's right. going to happen. And my question right, to you there. guys is, stop, are you okay wrong. with that happening? All right, let me tell you this. Well, let me ask you this. Do you know how many people died in Europe last summer because of the extreme temperatures that we experienced? Do you yeah. know how many? You're going to tell Actual me deaths. that lots of people have died from all sorts of know. fires. 60,000. 60, Horrific. 000 Horrific. People I'll ask you again. If that child so last worse? week had died what's in worse? the car, I'm asking you, Dale. You well, didn't put I'm your money you. in. I'm asking you. Well, I'm, I'm talking a... actual deaths. You're talking theory. I'm talking actual deaths. Well, my answer to you would be every life has a value, Dale. Every life has a value. And 60,000 have passed, and this summer it will be more. And you're talking theoretical, what if, what if. It's happening now. So you're telling me that that's not going to happen. One of these idiots who are blocking a car on an ambulance <laughs> isn't going to cause a death. I'm telling you. I'm glad you find happened. it funny, but you're putting your money into oh, no. it. Uh, you know, but, you know, I'm laughing at you, man, but the way you talk. I'm talking about actual deaths, and you're talking about possible deaths. What's like, the difference? The way I talk. Look, yeah, for, first of all, with all due respect, there was no insult on my side, but you've come on and you've given it ah. a big one. All right, you've got your thing. That's count, great. You've made a lot names, of money from Count it. the names you call people. Morons. You well, Darren, you, you have just addressed supporters huh? of causes like this as idiots. Well, yeah. So as, as, what I saw last morons. week, Jim, was in the middle of the street was somebody had a sick child. And I would imagine if that was me and my child was sick, I would do everything to get my child to the hospital. So I guess the question would be, would you do the same? But I think the question that we're trying to I'm not ask against, you here I'm not against Dale's Dale, quest. Dale is hoot, line, and sinker into this, and sure. so is his football sure. club. But you are saying quite openly, Peterborough United, it's not for us. I didn't say it's not for us. I just said we're not doing a lot about it at the moment. Yeah, I'm well, well, glad Dale finds it funny, but it's, I, I didn't I say think it's what not you for said, us. Should you be? I think what you said is it's a, con a conspiracy. You don't believe that it's happening. Did I use the words conspiracy, uh, Alex? No, you intimated though. You said colour charts from years ago. Is the weather really changing? You've made money from it. Is this it really is, happening? Is what you're is saying. This is where you lose people. What you're saying. This is where you lose no, people. Meyer, and you turn around and say conspiracy theory that's your favorite that's argument. how you're talking 
No, no, it's how you did, talk. Did I use the word conspiracy theory? I didn't hear the word conspiracy theory. So, Dale, if you think I think it's a conspiracy theory, fair enough. That's your argument. You're entitled to your opinion. Fair That's play. what you're saying. No, but, but you you're entitled to that opinion. Is it happening? You said, is it happening, right? That's did, conspiracy Sorry, theory. what did I say? It conspiracy is, is it, it happening. It is happening. I don't you think to the extent the that's being reported. Well, well, Dan, let me put it another way. What were the headlines in today, Jim? The people in charge can't be trusted, you said. I don't believe everything from the people in charge, Dale, and anyone who does is foolish. So we saw that during crisis. COVID. No, I don't believe it's a climate crisis. I believe the climate's something we need to fix. But do I believe it's a crisis right now today? No, I'm not sure I'm there yet. Really? 60,000 deaths in Europe last summer? More this summer coming. More than 60, I mean. Should football More. not see it as something of a priority, though, Dara? Because Dale is proud of the fact that Forest Green Rovers became the first carbon-neutral football club. And I, I would think, Dale, it's your sincere hope that others follow. But Peterborough United might not be on that list anytime soon, Not at Dara. the moment, it's not. But at the same time, I'd say this, Jim. You know, I'm not a fool. I'm not digging my head in the sand. I understand we have to look after the planet. Dale's right in talking about future generations, our children, our grandchildren. There's better ways to get the message but, across. But that's kind of where I'm getting to. The message sometimes gets diluted and it gets people angry. And I understand why they want to do it because they want to bring awareness to the whole thing. And nobody wants to get into a row where you're calling each other's names. And you talk about misinformation. I've watched the news the last four or five years. Things sometimes get too hyped up. And that's where we have to bring things down to a common sense level. If we can do that and have a proper conversation, I think more people will listen. And some of the messaging right now, all it does is irritate people. Would you I mean, concede, think, would you you concede that, Dale, that some of the messaging, you know, getting in the faces of people trying to get to work is maybe not the best way to go about it. The way you're going about it at your own football club probably is a better way. Yeah. Uh, do you know, Jim, I think this discussion has slipped into that old territory about whether or not what Just Stop Boiler doing is working or not. When actually I thought I came on here to talk about what football can do, what football clubs can do about the climate crisis, which is an established fact, actually. And I don't think anybody's exaggerating it. I think you can disagree with the tactics of Just Stop Oil, uh, which we just heard about. Um, but you can't disagree with the fact of the climate crisis and we need to do something about it. Well, I know that Alex is going to jump in in a second, but what more, Dale, do you hope football can do? Well, I'd like to see... Uh, Football clubs em embrace their responsibility um, in the climate crisis because we all have a carbon footprint, but also take up the opportunity that football clubs have this incredible platform that we have to influence our fans and use it to show them what's happening in the world and what, what it is that they can do about it. Because a lot of simple stuff that fans can do to help reduce the, uh, our impact on the environment and the climate crisis. Uh, Dow, you started this conversation by a little tongue-in-cheek jibe at Simon Jordan accusing him of, of, the... of, of, of ducking it. He's yeah. my friend, go on. But on the subject of ducking it, we did try and approach you at this radio station when it became clear that Hannah Dingley wasn't to be kept on in her role as interim manager. A lot of people saw that as a bit of a PR stunt because it was an unusual step for you to take to actually formally unveil an interim manager standing next to you with the shirt. What would you say to people who see that as nothing but a cheap PR stunt? I would say that's insulting to Hannah, to the football club, and all women in football, right? Because she was the best qualified coach in our club to take the interim role, and we gave it to her. But did you need to, 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 to do all the publicity? As I say, it's very unusual when someone steps up for a, a short-term appointment to have a press conference, to be pictured next to the, the chairman <laughs> of know, the football club. You knew exactly what was going to happen, didn't you? No, no, I didn't know what was going to happen. And let me, let me, well, you can, you, can, you can say I'm not telling I, you the truth. That's I'll, up I'll to you. you. But listen, 
let me finish. Thank you. I, I We had no idea it would blow up like it did. We had no choice about the press conference or the press attention and all of that stuff. We had a preseason friendly the same day that we made the appointment. I turned up there and there were 20, 30 uh, different media outlets there. We crammed them all in a room to get it all out of the way at the same time. And we held this most bizarre press conference. I felt like I was in an episode of Ted Lasso, but we didn't expect that. But we just dealt with it and then we tried to move on. Dale, I know you've been lobbying football clubs for quite a number of years now to do their part in terms of tackling climate crisis, in terms of um, addressing the very subjects that Gutierrez, the, the UN General Secretary, was talking about yesterday. Um, how much progress has been made? Or do you feel that at Forest Green Rovers, you're still very much a lone voice? I don't think we're a lone voice. If you look around the world of football, there's stuff happening. You know, Barcelona are talking about turning their grass into diamonds, I think, which is really interesting. We make diamonds from atmospheric carbon, of course, is one of the things we do. Um, you know, all around the world, there are clubs picking this up as an issue. I mean, they understand the fans increasingly want to see them do something about it, you know, as, as uh, customers of all businesses do, you know, out there in, in the world of non-sport. Um, so I see it happening, uh, particularly if you look at what the UN are doing with Sport for Climate Action. I mean, it's, it's a massive movement now to engage the world of sport in this issue. I think the government um, passed up a really big opportunity with the appointment of the independent football regulator. We asked them to make sustainability part of the brief of that regulator, and they flat out refused. So, so it begs a question here, Dara, when you listen to Dale, would you be prepared anytime soon? Would you see it? on your list of priorities to sit down with Dale Vince and share views I have on no, this very I have subject. no problem having a healthy debate, a discussion. I have no problem try, someone trying to educate me on their opinion of different world events. Look, the way I look at it is this way. If it's good for the world, it's good for all of us and it keeps us living longer, fantastic. The other way I look at it is when I see countries like China uh, and India and the populations and the emissions and everything else, if they're not on board with a lot of what everyone else in the world is trying to do, I think we've got a problem long term. I don't know if Dale agrees, disagrees. That's another discussion no, for I agree. another time. No, I do agree. I do agree, actually. Uh, but if you look at China, it's a bit of a myth. It's often used as an excuse for us not doing anything. If you look at China, they've just achieved 50% electricity, green electricity on the grid, which is ahead of us, mm. right? 98% of all the buses on the road in China are already electric. And they have installed more solar panels than the rest of the world put together. And 80% of the panels that we install outside of China were made in China. If you look at what they're doing on the climate crisis, they're actually a world leader. Dale, thank you so much for joining. Are you ready for the new season? Uh, yeah, I am actually. Starts next week, doesn't it? It does indeed. Listen, you, you you might get more of a comfortable ride when Simon's on next time you join us. You never know. You never, <laughs> you know. never know. Dale Vince, Forest Green, thank you so much for joining us. All the best. Lively this lunchtime. Lively. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back Monday to bring you the very best of our show. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.